Hi, I'm Dan Rodriguez. And I believe that 5G is a tech superpower. And really, there are four of them. The cloud, AI, the intelligent edge, and of course, connectivity fueled by 5G. And each of these superpowers expands the impact of the other. And they have the power to transform nearly every industry and will improve our lives in new and really unexpected ways. And I do believe 5G is a tech superpower and it will change the world. This is Sean Kinney, and welcome to Will 5G Change the World, the podcast where we engage with a wide variety of industry experts to answer that important question. But before we get into the 5G discussion, I'd like to take a moment to get to know our guest a little bit better by posing three questions from the Proust questionnaire. Dan, you ready for those? I'm ready. Question number one, when and where were you happiest? Yeah, that's a great question. I think the first thing is, is that I'm happiest when I'm hanging out with great friends and great family. And, and that's really both in the office as well as out of the office. In addition to hanging out with, with friends and family, I also love getting outdoors. And for me, I've got two really great passions in life. One is I've been surfing for, for well over 30 years. So I love just getting out in the ocean. And then second, uh, I love going snowboarding. So getting up on the mountains, uh, being outdoors, this, is really, uh, this really puts me uh, in my happy place. Question number two, what do you value most in your friends? Yeah, I, I think what I value most in friends is really trust. It's the foundation of, of any relationship. I also like friends and even, even coworkers uh, that really are authentic and kind of give it to me real. You know, we talk about great opportunities we have as we also talk about challenges and, and really dig in and get it done. And then in addition to this, you know, I also, um, in terms of friends outside of work, I, I really value friends and, and that have a common interest. You know, common interest really brings people together in addition to trust. And, you know, I've got one friend uh, that I've been going on surf trips, international surf trips for over 20 years for each year. And the only year we missed was last year with the pandemic. And question number three, Dan, what is your motto? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. I can't say that I have a motto, if you if, if you will, but I will say this, is that um, I'm the type of person that really gives it my all. I'm an all-in type person. So when I'm in the office, I'm truly all-in trying to, to lead this journey to network transformation, you know, partner with the overall industry, you know, partner with my friends at Intel, uh, but also out of the office, I give my all too. All right, Dan. So Intel's got a new CEO in Mr. Pat Gelsinger. He recently made some organizational changes. So I guess to start our talk today, I'm curious what these changes mean big picture for the company and what they mean for you in your capacity as corporate VP and GM of the Network Platforms Group. Uh, it's, it's really exciting news for us. And, and I'm, I'm very excited to have our new CEO on board, a self-described geek, as we usher in the era of 5G and drive network transformation. And it's really that, Sean. Uh, the changes, when you think about it at a high level, are really meant um, to, to enable Intel uh, to focus on those super powers of tech and to put the right focus, energy, and innovation in those, in those areas. And I really do believe this is going to unleash all sorts of exciting innovations coming from Intel and really tap into the deep talent we have across the company. In addition to this, I'm also personally excited about the newly formed Network and Edge group. And this is bringing together three really strong groups within Intel, uh, the Network Platforms group that I run, uh, the IoT group, as well as the Connectivity group. In addition to this, uh, we're bringing on a great new leader, uh, Nick McHugh. And you, you might know him in the industry. Uh, he's definitely renowned in, the, in the, uh, the world of networking. And I can tell you, uh, he's going to bring a ton of energy, 
really an entrepreneur spirit, um, as well as uh, <clears throat> as well as as we all know, he is a great uh, innovator. So I'm sure he's going to be pushing us really hard for big uh, and bold uh, ideas. So if anything, I think that what the industry should view this as is really Intel, a uh, really focus on those four tech superpowers, leaning in, focusing and really uh, driving str strong execution. And that's certainly gonna be the case in our network and edge business. So Dan, not to timestamp when we're recording this, but it's uh, Mobile World Congress week. Intel's got a lot of news that has come out, more than we can probably cover in this format. But before we get to some of that, I, I wanted to kind of pick up from our last conversation in April uh, at the launch of the third gen Xeon scalable processors, uh, specifically those networked optimized SKUs, as well as the news you all put around uh, FPGAs, Ethernet, memory software, and so forth. So can you maybe give our audience a little bit of perspective on how the investments Intel has made and continues to make in this area apply to operators like DISH, DT, and these others that are working to really cost-effectively scale up 5G without compromising on the performance side? Yeah, yeah you, you bet, Sean. When we last spoke, we just launched our third-generation Xeon, Intel Xeon scalable processor. And, and really, these, these are strong processors uh, for a wide variety of applications across both the network and edge. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to allow customers to scale with a common architecture across the wireless core, through the radio access network, all the way uh, to be able to support a wide variety of edge workloads, including all sorts of uh, security appliances. In addition to this, we also talked about how we announced we're starting to sample our next generation Intel Xeon D processors, which are really designed for both space and power constrained environments, which obviously you see a lot of those um, in edge locations. And now you, you flash, you know, you really fast forward a few months and you, you hear about all of our announcements uh, at MWC or, or right in front of MWC. And in, in the heart of those announcements, it's all about the customer and really trying to innovate in ways that help our customer and really help the ecosystem truly unleash the full possibilities of 5G. In, in our MWC run-up, we did announce uh, an expanding product portfolio. And our product portfolio is really looking at and how to help our customers at a system level and even a network level and help them to deliver the right TCO, the right performance, but also have that, that cloud-like scale and agility that the market is definitely driving towards. We also did showcase a variety of network deployments using Intel technology, you know, technologies that will help really transform the network from the core to the RAN uh, to the edge. But in addition to this, we also did uh, talk about um, one thing that I want to get a little bit more specific on uh, called the, the network platform. And when you think about the network platform that we introduce, it's it's a te technology foundation uh, that we set up to be able to support our customers. And the goal of this technology foundation is to reduce the development complexity, help our customers get to market very quickly, as well as just ensure our customers can easily take advantage of all the silicon goodness that we pack in our platforms, in addition to all the software uh, that we bring to life. And when you think about this network platform and you think about what's out there in the marketplace, no other silicon provider offers this type of flexible, comprehensive software environment. And this network platform, it includes system level reference architectures, drivers, software building blocks that really allow our customers to rapidly develop and deploy systems uh, based on Intel technology. And, and, it, and I can't be more excited about this, this foundation that we're delivering to our customers. And it's exciting to see uh, the pickup on it. 
Yeah, it's a really interesting time in telecoms. Uh, all of the operators are discussing what they can do in terms of enabling digital transformation for their big enterprise customers. But then at the same time, they're undergoing a very significant transformation themselves as they switch from 4G to 5G and then evolve 5G. Can you maybe uh, pick one of the customer projects that you're working on and give us a little bit of detail on how that process is playing out? Yeah, if you don't mind, maybe what I'll do is I'll, I'll you know, let me talk about the broader uh, customer collaborations, and then, then let's zoom in on on one or two. So I think first, um, when you think about uh, what we've talked about in, in front of MWC and what we've talked about even at the Ice Lake launch a few months ago, uh, it's all about, again, meeting that customer needs. And, and I, I love partnering with customers. I mean, customers are the true test of, is your strategy hunting? Is your strategy working the market? Are you able to help your customer um, really reap the full value of 5G. And at MWC, uh, we had three really strong global operators join me on stage, DT, DISH, Reliance Geo. And, and if you think about what they're doing, they're partnering with Intel as well as the broader ecosystem to drive innovations in their network and really bring that cloud-like experience from the core all the way through the radio access network, all the way through the edge. And, and, when, you, and when you think about that, it wasn't that long ago that networks were running primarily on fixed function appliances. And then we saw the journey to more cloud-like scale start in the core network. And of course, last year, Sean, as you know, we hit a, a tipping point really with 50% of all core networks uh, being virtualized. And that number is expected to continue to increase throughout the 5G horizon, tipping out about 80% plus uh, by 2024. And now we're also seeing customers really start to embrace the move to virtualization in the radio access network. And we're partnering with all three of those service providers on that journey. So I'm very excited about what we've been able to do with those service providers. And, and I'm excited about kind of where this journey is gonna take us um, in the future. Hi everyone, this is Sean. I wanna thank you for supporting Will 5G Change the World, which is brought to you by our friends at NetScout. NetScout's visibility without borders helps carrier service providers achieve pervasive monitoring in real time with actionable insights from anywhere, any service, any technology, any cloud with any application in any infrastructure at every phase of the 5G lifecycle, pre-launch, launch, and operations. To learn more, visit netscout.com forward slash 5G. Now let's get back to our conversation. Dan, tell us a little bit more about the work you're doing with Reliance Geo. Really interesting operator, very interesting market that they're working in. They've really brought a lot of innovative technology to bear there. Tell us what you're doing with them. Yeah, Reliance Geo, obviously, it's in a, in a very large market that's going through a big digital transformation. And, and the idea, the partnership with Reliance Geo is all about digital transformation. And of course, uh, we do have a strong partnership with them on the network. We are driving uh, co-innovations with them in the core network, in the 5G radio, but it also extends way beyond that. We're partnering with them on cloud, we're partnering with them, with them on AI, and we're partnering with them across the edge. So you can think about how, how all these elements truly come together to support the digital transformation journey uh, that is occurring in India. Then 5G is obviously something that consumers are, are seeing benefits from today, and that'll continue with a long tail on it. But when we try to pick apart this question, will 5G change the world? Uh, the conversations, at least on this podcast, tend to veer towards what it's going to do for industry, what it's going to do for enterprise. And my favorite example is always manufacturing, just because it's like 
the full breadth of 5G in one incredibly complicated environment. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about what Intel is doing in Europe around smart factory enablement and uh, more broadly, Industry 4.0. Yeah, you, you bet, Sean. Uh, when you think about this, um, we were really, really seeing here is we're seeing the convergence of multiple technologies help customers deliver better business outcomes. So you're seeing the convergence of IT, OT or operational technology, and CT, which, which is communication technologies, all come together. And when you think about you know, where our society is going, uh, data is really growing at an unspeakable pace. So our job as really an industry and an ecosystem is to help our customers use that data, provide them powerful insights to enable them to to either improve the customer experience, improve their product quality, improve the speed at which they can make these products and even do things like inventory management. And by the way, even help them uh, help them with their maybe sales queries all in real time. So that, that's, that, that's an up, upshot what we're trying to do. And I do truly believe that 5G is going to impact a number of industries, including industrial, but also smart city, retail, stadiums, and tons more industries. So when you think about manufacturing, just for a second here, the global smart manufacturing market, it's a big market already. It's 250 billion, and it's expected to grow to over 575 billion in the next seven years. And manufacturers are gonna look in all sorts of, of ways uh, to utilize both network capabilities in combination with our operational technologies, again, to deliver those better business outcomes. It can be anywhere from speeding up their product, how quickly can they get the product out the door, making sure the quality is right, uh, doing inventory management, helping them with logistics. And when you think about the partnership with XOR, as well as with Telecom Italia, it's all about helping XOR deliver real-time operational benefits that really scales across a number of, of functions, sales, marketing, human resources, logistics, et cetera. And I'm super excited about what we've already done with XOR as well as Telecom Italia, and I'm, and I'm definitely bullish on where that partnership is going to take us in the future. So we've talked about some of the things going on with operators, uh, your commentary around Reliant Geo, and then on the enterprise side, you gave us some great examples from a number of verticals, including this work with XOR International and Telecom Italia. For each of these, and you alluded to this, but the full value of 5G is only going to be realized if there's tandem investments made in distributing compute power out to the edge of the network. Can you give us a bit of a snapshot of what Intel is doing with its smart edge open software? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when you think about um, what's occurring at the enterprise edge, again, it's that convergence of network, combination of operational and IT technologies. So there's one layer in there that I believe is critical. It really has one of the, the toughest job or, or one of the toughest jobs um, in this environment. And it's called the mobile edge computing layer. And essentially what that layer has to do is it has to allow customers to easily onboard a wide variety of IoT applications. Many of these will be either AI-based or AI-inspired. Um, in addition to this, all those applications have to run on an abstracted network, meaning those developers, they don't want to deal with the complexity of the network. They just want to be able to program their, their, their specific vertical market applications, but then also get the real-time benefits of the network. And so when you think about the MEC, it has to onboard and authenticate these IoT applications as well as a wide variety of virtual network functions. So what Intel has done is we've invested in two sets of software and to target two different types of customers. Some of our customers really want to build their own solution. 
And for those customers, we've invested in something called OpenNest. And OpenNest is a set of software libraries that, that runs on top of Intel hardware, but again, allows customers to easily onboard and authenticate those IoT applications in addition uh, to virtual network functions. And now we've, we have renamed that package OpenS and we've called it Smart, Smart Edge Open. And the second package that we have is a commercial solution. And this, this commercial solution is targeting people that want to buy an off-the-shelf commercial solution. Again, it's doing the same job that I described for mobile edge computing. So the idea here is that whether you want to build or whether you want to buy software, we have a solution uh, for you. And what we've also announced here at Mobile World Congress is, is that we are announcing that we are converging these code bases and architecture to really deliver more value and more flexibility for our customers uh, as they go forward. So I, I had referenced earlier this really significant network transformation that operators all over the world are engaged in. So I, I wanted to run something maybe a little more speculative by you, but I, I just value your perspective here. When the network is distributed, when it's disaggregated, and when access to spectrum is liberalized, as we're seeing in markets all over the world, Germany and UK come to mind, CBRS in the US, but what does all of that mean for a traditional network equipment provider that counts on selling these proprietary systems? I think, I think first, uh, when you think about what you just described, really the disaggregated network, going to a more software-defined network, enabling workload convergence, uh, you're really unleashing the full potential of 5G, and you're really enabling the enterprise edge to happen. And when you think about the journey that we've been on, really for the last decade, the networking industry has been shifting to this more agile or scalable-like infrastructure that we've been talking about. And, and the good thing, the great thing here is we're seeing the broad ecosystem invest. We're seeing traditional players, some of the leaders in the market today, invest and embrace uh, this transition. We're also seeing new entrants emerge, and we're seeing all sorts of partnerships formed. In addition to this, to deliver those great edge enterprise services that we've been talking about, Sean, uh, we're seeing a lot of different player players really lean in. Again, those new entrants, those traditional network players, we're also seeing communication service providers lean in and figure out how they can partner um, with uh, end users, just like we talked about uh, with XOR. Uh, we're also seeing cloud service providers lean in, but we're also seeing a host of all sorts of application or software vendors come up with really creative solutions. And then I do see a big role for vertical uh, SIs as well. So when you think about this at a high level, the, the movement that we're on is really creating an innovation spiral for many across the ecosystem. And I think it's going to lead to, to really strong uh, results for many different vertical markets uh, for years to come. And I'm, I'm personally uh, just super jazzed up to be part of that journey. You mentioned system integrators, Dan. I would maybe like to follow up a little bit there. This is something that my colleague James and I have been spending a lot okay. of time watching, but as we see these customized networks built in service of very specific types of industrial or enterprise use cases, it seems like, as you alluded to, there's a kind of growing interest uh, in terms of SIs as a stakeholder in these build-outs. Uh, Lufthansa Technic is, is my favorite kind of example. They built their own network, and now they're helping other people build networks because they learned so much in the process. But what do you see coming down the pipe in terms of the increasing role of SIs with vertical expertise playing more in telecom? 
Yeah, so, so I think when you think about it first, when you, you brought it out and you think about that that movement to enterprise edge, um, I wish I could tell you, Sean, that I had the, the perfect channel structure, how this is all going to play out, and I knew it in my head, and I could I had that crystal ball. There's a lot of strong relationships relationships there. They built solutions for them for many different years. It's As you alluded to, it's very strong in the industrial sector. So I do see... Um, I, I do really see a vertical specific SIs in industrial, but also in areas like retail playing a pivotal role in terms of pulling together these OT solutions on top of those network solutions to ensure that the customer is getting the end result. Because customers, when they're talking about building a private network, they're not building a private network just for the sake of it. They're building a private network to solve a business problem, whether that's a product quality issue, um, getting the product out to the customers more quickly, or just helping, even in a retail environment, more in-store um, customer uh, service experiences for their customers. So you told us uh, at the top of the show that 5G and complementary technologies, AI, cloud, edge, will change the world. And you know, I know we both have jobs that require us to keep track of a lot of uh, key performance indicators. I've got a giant spreadsheet open on my other monitor here that I need to look at later today. But when we apply that logic to this question, will 5G change the world? Guests on the show, they typically, it's a resounding yes, but I find that we often kind of drill down a little bit more since it's just not binary. It won't be just a point in time after which the world have changed. So, I mean, what kind of indicators do you look at that would suggest to you that, that something really important is happening? Yeah, so, so I, guess, I guess when I think about it and I think about 5G, I, I do think, you know, the first, first off, 5G is going to help consumers too. We've been talking a lot about, it, about enterprises, so I, I definitely look for enhanced mobile broadband uh, to really support a wide variety of consumer use cases. And, and I think there's going to be more and more cloud gaming out there. Eventually, there's going to be more and more virtual and augmented reality um, over mobile networks. Uh, so I do, I am looking at how those use cases are evolving, looking at how it's, it's, it's truly scaling. And that, that's one, I think, strong indicator. Uh, but in addition to this, what we've been talking about is I'm going to be eyeing uh, certain vertical markets and really watching whether the use cases are taking off and not just taking off in pox and trials, but through some starting to see real deployments. So I'm going to keep my eye on, you know, critical markets um, such as ports, legit, legit, just, just ports, airports, shipping ports. We've been talking, we talked about a lot about industrial factory floors. I'll look at retail and a few other industries and really um, see how those use cases are progressing through that kind of POC and trial stage and ensure we're really meeting the customer's needs, but then look for the industries that are truly starting to embrace and starting to deploy those technologies. And, and, and as you said, um, I, I, don't think, I, I don't think this is going to occur overnight. It is going to be a kind of a steady um, growth trajectory um, on the enterprise edge. And, and, and furthermore, I, I do see some of the, let's say, the more um, easier use cases get implemented first, like inventory management, just say, and more of the more difficult use cases like product quality, um, doing things with cameras, analytics, et cetera, get implemented over time as companies become more comfortable uh, and confident in that technology. I have to launch another podcast about the economics of 5G where we drill into downtime and labor productivity. Maybe we can come back. <laughs> exactly. so we covered a lot of ground today, Dan. Uh, maybe you could leave our audience with some, some summary thoughts and uh, some just information they can take away from this conversation. Yeah, so I think first, Sean, I really appreciate the opportunity to chat with you today. It's been a great uh, conversation. And, and I definitely believe 
uh, that 5G will change the world. And that's really why I'm at Intel and I'm charged up about our mission and really to support customers to drive to a more modern cloud-like scalable infrastructure that allows service providers to tackle not only delivering the business of the network, those network services, if you will, but also allow them to really target and partner with a wide variety of vertical markets. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about partnering um, with the broad ecosystem and really helping scale these technologies, not only in public networks, but also in private networks, enabling a wide variety of business outcomes for a ton of enterprises in years to go. So I'm super excited and I look forward to our next conversation, Sean. And thanks so much. I really appreciate the time, the perspective, and uh, you giving us some insight into why 5G will change the world. Thank you so much, Sean. Will 5G Change the World is an Arden Media production. For advertising inquiries, contact Danny Miller at dmiller at ardenmedia.com. The show today was produced and edited by me, Sean Kinney. Thanks for listening.